This geography lesson is brought to you by the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Education. My name is Steve Chandrabone and I'm going to be teaching you geography. In this episode, I want to cover the section on tropical cyclones. Now, tropical cyclones, let us start with a definition of tropical cyclones. These are small, intensely developed low-pressure systems that are associated with severe storms and heavy winds. What do we need to know about tropical cyclones? If you heard or listened to my discussion on temperate cyclones, I discussed the general characteristics of temperate cyclones. How can we use the general characteristics of temperate cyclones to work out the general characteristics of tropical cyclones? Okay, before I do the characteristics of tropical cyclones, let us look at some of the alternate names. Tropical cyclones are given alternate names and are known by such names according to the locality of occurrence. That means according to where they occur on the Earth's surface. In North America, especially around the Gulf of Mexico and in the Caribbean regions, they are known as hurricanes. Around the area of Northern Australia, they are known as willy willies. In the Southeast Asian and the Pacific area, they are known as typhoons. And this one appeared in the November 2019 paper. Now remember the definition for hurricanes or willy willies or typhoons will all be the same. That they are small, intense, low pressure systems that occur between the 5 and 25 degrees north and south latitudes. Closer to home, tropical cyclones are names given to those cyclones that occur around South Africa or Southern Africa, Madagascar, and they may just be known as mere cyclones in the Indian and Mauritius regions of the world. So this is a low intense low pressure system. What are the conditions necessary for the formation of the tropical cyclones? Three conditions are basically necessary for tropical cyclones to form. We need a sea surface temperature of around 26.5 degrees as a minimum. That means the sea surface temperature must be 26.5 degrees and over for tropical cyclones to occur. This would mean that the season most likely for tropical cyclone formation would be summer or even late spring. A second condition is that there needs to be some Coriolis force effect. Because in a low pressure system that will occur over a warm ocean, air will converge at the center. So we need the converging air to be deflected in order to form the spiral. So that is the second condition. The first condition being that warm sea surface temperatures. Why? Because we need the formation of the low pressure system. Remember high temperatures forms low pressure cell. In the second condition, we need some effect of the Coriolis force, which is the force that occurs due to the rotation of the Earth. And this rotational force creates what is called the deflection, causing the spiral to form. And the spiral is now going to be centering around the eye of the tropical cyclone. The third condition is we, are, we need calm conditions. And calm conditions generally lead to the formation of this vortex 
or the spiraling winds around the eye as the air is converging towards the slow pressure over the warm ocean. These calm conditions and the spiraling rising air leads to the formation of these huge or vertically developed cumulonimbus clouds. And the latent heat in these um, in this warm air that is rising, in this moisture-laden warm air, is what for, is the trigger action, is the trigger, is the force of the tropical cyclone itself. And in this way, we know that the tropical cyclone now is developing in intensity. And that is the basis for why this cyclone, this small low-pressure cell, is so dangerous and needs to be studied and predicted with a lot of certainty in order to, again, avoid injury and loss of life. Let us look at some of the general characteristics of tropical cyclones. Tropical cyclones, as we indicated, form in tropical areas of 5 to 25 degrees approximately, north and south of the equator. Now, one would ask the question, why don't they form on the equator or within the 5 degree north to the 5 degree south latitudes? That's a narrow region along the equator. And the reason of here is that in this area, there is a, a very insignificant effect of the Coriolis force. Now, this means that the spiral will not be able to form. Hence, tropical cyclones do not occur in these regions. A second characteristic is they form over warm oceans, where the temperature must be minimum 26.5 degrees Celsius. This is necessary to develop the low pressure at the center, the intense low pressure at the center. A third characteristic is they move from east to west. Now remember, the temperate cyclones that I discussed in a previous lesson move from west to east. Tropical cyclones move from east to west. Why do they do this? They do this because they form in the east wind belt. Or we could say that they are steered or driven by the easterly winds. Therefore, they will move towards the west. A fourth characteristic concerns the direction of wind circulation. Remember, if tropical cyclones occur in the southern hemisphere, uh, clockwise wind circulation takes place. And if they occur in the northern hemisphere, anti-clockwise wind circulation is evident. Now you must get used to studying satellite images of tropical cyclones. In these images, especially of the mature stage, you would be able to see the movement of air into the vortex or in, into the area of the eye. And here you would be able to see clearly the clockwise or anticlockwise air movements. How large are they? In terms of size, a characteristic uh, of tropical cyclones, they average about 300 to 500 kilometers in diameter. So you can see that they are far smaller than the extensive temperate cyclones. The eye itself or the region of the eye is below 100 kilometers, roughly 30 to 50 kilometers in diameter. And a last characteristic, they follow erratic paths. Now the erratic paths of tropical cyclones, as they move over oceans, they will follow the warmest parts of the oceans. 
and the various factors that affect temperature in the oceans will attract the movement or the path or will determine the path of these tropical cyclones. So sometimes you'll find that the tropical cyclone will move further away from the equator or from their 5 to 25 degree path than at other times. So this tells you that you cannot predict with a lot of accuracy the path of a tropical cyclone. This will change on a day-to-day -day basis. Let us look at the stages in the formation of tropical cyclones. Again, the different stages might be linked to the formation of a temperate cyclone. In the formation of a tropical cyclone, there is the initial stage. In the initial stage, we have the low pressure that forms over a warm ocean, but the pressure at the center is still above 1000 millibars. And the isobars are fairly wide apart or open as we would call them. The eye has just begun to form and air is converging towards the center of the storm. Again, that is where the low pressure takes place. You'll find that there are some cirrus and cumulus clouds that might be present as air is rising and they produce light rain. The next stage is, no, is called the immature stage. So after the initial stage, you have the immature stage. Here, pressure at the center is starting to drop below a thousand millibars. The eye is becoming a lot more intensified because the air continues to converge and rise around the center. Remember we said under conditions around the center, not reaching the center because of the effect of the Coriolis force. The intensity that has in, or that intensifies during this stage now causes a steep, a very steep pressure gradient which can lead to gale and hurricane force strength. The diameter of the tropical cyclone is fairly small, roughly about 100 kilometers during the immature stage. But you will notice that around the eye, some cumulonimbus numbers clouds are beginning to form. Now let us look at the mature stage. In the mature stage of the tropical cyclone, the pressure now is far below 1000 millibars. And they will reach a stage where the tropical cyclone or the pressure at the center will stop dropping. The isobars are very close together in this stage. There is a very steep pressure gradient and pressure gradient here is linked to the force of winds or the strength of the winds. And at this stage, pressure, uh, the speed is 120 kilometers plus, which is uh, known as our hurricane strength of winds. Now the intensity of the tropical cyclone uh, reaches a size of about 300 kilometers to 500 kilometers in terms of its diameter. There is a leading edge or the dangerous semicircle that forms in the southwesterly part of this tropical cyclone in the southern hemisphere. And it will be the northwesterly part of the mature stage in the northern hemisphere that becomes known as the dangerous semicircle. Around the eye, there are towering cumulonimbus clouds and these can extend from 2 to 12 to 15 kilometers in altitude. In the mature stage of the tropical cyclone, the weather 
is intense. We will discuss the weather in a moment or so. The last stage in the development of tropical cyclones concerns the dissipating stage. In the dissipating stage, the pressure at the center starts to increase to above 1000 millibars. When the pressure increases to 1000 millibars and over, we say that the cyclone is starting to decay. So this is also known as the stage of decay. Pressure starts to rise at the center. When will this take place? Decay of a tropical cyclone takes place generally when the tropical cyclone moves over land. Remember the conditions of formation? We need a warm sea surface. So once a tropical cyclone moves over land, the moisture supply becomes cut off. And the moisture that serves as a driving force for the tropical cyclone, once that is cut off, then we say that the tropical cyclone starts to decay. When a tropical cyclone enters cooler waters and there is not sufficient moisture again through the process of evaporation to drive the cyclone, the cyclone starts to decay again. Over land, a tropical cyclone might encounter frictional forces because of uneven relief obstacles like mountains and hills and those kinds of things. The tropical cyclone circulation around the eye will be disrupted and this again can cause the tropical cyclone to break up into smaller low pressure cells leading to the decay of the tropical cyclone itself. Let us look at the weather associated with the mature stage of the tropical cyclone. When the tropical cyclone approaches, pressure begins to decrease. Remember the center of the low pressure cell of the tropical cyclone as that passes over the pressure drops over the area which is covered by that uh, part of the tropical cyclone. The towering cumulonimbus clouds give rise to torrential rains, hail, lightning and thunder, right? typical thunderstorm conditions. And the wind speed increases to hurricane strength and beyond. Now, Wind speed is important because later you will see that wind speed is a criterion that is used to categorize tropical cyclones in terms of intensity. Because of the huge development of cumulonimbus clouds, temperatures also drop when tropical cyclones pass over. There is a lack of radiation and the rain also cools the earth which causes cold conditions to be experienced on the surface. Let us see what happens when the eye passes over land. Now, in the location of the eye, that's 30 to 50 kilometers in the middle of this tropical cyclone, it's an area of calm. Why? If you looked at a satellite image or even a cross-section of a tropical cyclone, you would notice that there are no isobars there. There is a clear region of calm. Air is not moving in this area. There is no wind because air is deflected around this area. As air is deflected, it rises and your towering cumulonimbus clouds form, again leaving the eye as a clear region. So there is also no rain in this region because of the absence of clouds. Your towering cumulonimbus clouds will occur on both sides of the eye or around the eye, but not in the eye itself. So we said that it is an area of calm. It is an area of no clouds, therefore no rain. And in this area, 
Because of winds that are rising, becoming cooler and dense, we have gently subsiding winds in the region of the eye. Why are the winds subsiding? As air rises, it cools. It diverges at the top, one part forming the cumulonimbus clouds and the other part subsiding into the region of the eye. Remember, there are three parts of the tropical cyclone. The first part being the part of the side that is on one side of the eye. Then you have the eye itself. And then you have this the side of the tropical cyclone that is following the eye in the direction east to west. Now, both sides of the tropical cyclone on either side of the eye result in torrential rains, cool conditions, cold conditions, drop in temperature, as well as uh, gale force, hurricane force uh, winds. The eye itself is clear and calm. Let us look at the effects of this weather on the areas that it passes over. And what are some of the precautionary and or management strategies we could implement to reduce the impact of these tropical cyclones? Now, you know that because of the torrential rains that are associated with tropical cyclones, flooding, especially in low-lying areas, is very, very possible. And flooding can cause damage to property, loss of stock, as well as loss of human life. We look at the precautions. One of the precautions you could take over here, if you I, uh, if you are writing this information down, you could look at the impact on one side of a table and look at the precautions on the other side of the table. So in terms of flooding as the first uh, impact, we could uh, look at a precaution and one of the precautions would be to move cattle or, or other stock to a higher ground, away from your low-lying areas, including evacuating people that are living close to rivers in valleys so that this would reduce the impact in terms of loss of life. A second impact of tropical cyclones would be that the hurricane and gale force winds that causes storm surges that again can result in the wrecking of ships or the flooding of coastal areas. How would we uh, prepare for this? What kind of precaution would we take? We would definitely again move our people away from coastal areas that are likely to be flooded and also issue warnings for our uh, seafarers, people that are that find activity at sea, to tell them to listen, get into a safe harbor, secure your boats and ships uh, or your fishing vessels and move away from those areas that are likely to be flooded. A third impact of tropical cyclones may also involve their destruction of agricultural land, which again due to the effect of floods, or torrential rains, heavy winds, could lead to food shortages. A practical precautionary measure would be to stock up on some items of food, like canned food supplies, or even water supplies, fresh water supplies. Now, you might think that there's so much of rain, why do we need to stock up on water supplies? Now you must remember that during these cyclones, the loss of animal life, stock life, as well as human life, can result in the contamination of our water supplies, especially in our rivers and dams. And if this water reaches our homes, this contaminated water can prove to be harmful to human life. So stock up on fresh water uh, so that you have a supply in the event of such um, problems. 
the heavy winds and heavy rains are also linked to the damage of to the damage of infrastructure your transport your communication structures roads rail airports and so on virtually come to a standstill electricity is interrupted electricity supply water supplies water pipes can be washed away all these things can result in tremendous shortages within the domestic situation so how would you prepare for this as we said stock up on some fresh water supply stay off the roads right you don't know whether a road has been washed away whether a low lying bridge has been washed away stay off the roads visibility will be poor do not take a chance you can as an additional precaution place sandbags along rivers and coastal areas again to reduce the impact of flooding how do we look after our homes right with the gale force winds or hurricane force winds and the downpours our homes are likely to be affected our windows are likely to be broken our doors and uh, so on that are flimsy are likely to be damaged how do we prepare for this one of the precautions is to erect wooden shutters on windows and also educate people to stay away from windows and glass doors especially during the storm and the reason is that these damage to these glass doors and windows can result in injury and even loss of life within the house flying glass in times of uh, heavy winds can create problems for us our authorities need to have good evacuation plans because we might need to evacuate people from certain areas so while they might be able to control residents are urged to educate themselves become more aware of likely evacuation routes now especially in ledcs right your low economic developed countries you find that there are not sufficient resources there's not sufficient trained personnel therefore it is it becomes incumbent on people to educate themselves so that they do not put themselves at risk and a further precautionary measure would be to make sure that you have a transistor radio that uses batteries for life this is in order to track the path of the tropical cyclone as we've mentioned earlier this path can change from day to day based on its erratic nature of movement so keep an ear and an eye out for warnings that may be issued by relevant authorities and knowledge is power so if you know what is happening you are likely to take evasive or precautionary action students examiners favor questions based on the stages of formation of a tropical cyclone as well as the cross sections of a tropical cyclone where you could clearly see in the mature stage the formation of the cumulonimbus clouds the area of the eye and certain arrows that show wind movements within the cyclone itself now often in a mature stage there are four distinct wind movements the first one being converging winds on the surface the second one being rising warm air right in a spiral third one being diverging air at the top right of the cyclone and the fourth wind movement being the gently subsiding winds within the eye itself the whole cyclone may be indicated with an arrow to be moving towards the west 
right when i say towards the west means it is coming from the east and the reason is as we've indicated already that these cyclones form in the east wind belt therefore they are steered by easterly winds causing them to move towards the west thank you my name is steve chandrabon and this has been a geography lesson on tropical cyclones that geography lesson was brought to you by the kwazulu natal department of education